What a time to be alive, the age of information. So many people questioning creation. Come, take a seat or step outside to have a conversation. Let's listen, observe, and respond with compassion and truth. Are you getting um, people listening? Yeah, I Good. have over 500 streams. Oh, nice. Which is cool. Yeah. And uh, started the podcast to just like dive deeper into my spirituality yeah. and like dive deeper into the connection that I feel yeah. and talk to people about how they feel in regards yeah. to connection or yeah. is it self and just asking like big questions around yeah. spirit. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into opportunities to talk to different men that I look up to or that I've mentored about like divine masculine and mm -hmm. this aspect of our fathers and our grandfathers mm -hmm. and a lot of trauma that's been passed down mm -hmm. for generations of like how we're all healing mm -hmm. because we have the space to do so. Mm -hmm. And back then they didn't really have time to look at their emotional baggage because no, it was, it was actually looked at as perpetuating weak. the opposite, really hold it in, hold it in. Don't cry. Don't feel be a man. And I think the rise of the feminine yeah. has really given us a perspective yes. that is so powerful. Yeah. Because we can actually bask in your strength yes. and your glory yeah. and your wisdom. Yeah. Because we're not trying to muzzle the mouths of women. We're actually empowering yeah. and then stepping back and seeing your far exceeding wisdom yeah. and intuition to ours. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah, that was the goal. And then um, talking to different people from spiritual walks about Hinduism, Buddhism, atheism. I practice Christianity, but from a place of like Jesus Christ was a embodiment of a consciousness mm -hmm. that I ponder, can we tap into? Mm -hmm. Or was he 100% God, 100% mm -hmm. human? Those things are very right. fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is episode 19 of the Fearless Shepherds podcast. I'm here with Leah Zachariah. 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 Leah, Leah Zachariah. It Leah rhymes. Zachariah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. And we're in your beautiful studio in uh, Venice, California. Yeah. Yeah. Chef of Yoga. Chef of Yoga. Just celebrated three years. That's right. How does that feel? Ah, um, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Because if you all know what, what three years ago was, right, was um, the beginning of the pandemic. So mm. uh, I was literally on my way down here from Seattle to open the doors to do my grand opening party and I was literally in the air when we went on lockdown oh my god so I again everything to me is so divine and yeah. so on purpose that literally if my flight was two hours later I don't know if I would be here wow right because I don't even know if I would be able to get on a plane to come here so to have um not only survived, but really thrived now and like a, be a success story three years later is like, you can't even explain <laughs> the words that I feel Truly. about that. Yeah. Cause it was a, a huge journey and a journey where, you know, I've been through a lot of transformations and I think in life, that's what happens with transformation. It does, it's not a one big transformation. Like it's transforming over and over again. And I think my other transformations were preparing me for mm. this transformation because this one is the biggest one yet. And I'm like, hold on to your knickers yeah. if there's bigger ones to come because this was really the biggest one yet. And so um, I had to go through a lot. I had to dig deep, really, really deep um, to hold space for this sacred space that is here in the studio yes. and fight for freedom and stand for something and defy fear 
and um, and be a space for people to come and be in community. Mm. It's it's really an epic, <laughs> truly divine story. timing yeah. of you getting onto a plane and finding out on the plane. What are the emotions that are going through your mind, your body, your spirit at that time? It was it was interesting because getting even on the plane, like. I was leaving and I actually, my daughter had just turned 18. So she literally just three days before became an adult. And I kind of prepared her of like, you know, we were in a scary time. It felt like war, right? Like we almost felt like end of the world. I was like, am I going to come back? Like I didn't even know. So when I was in the air, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen from here. Mm. So when I got on the plane, it was really interesting because I boarded the plane and they actually told us to get off. And so I was like, okay, I'm, Jeez. I'm just like, I'm being led. I don't know what, <laughs> yeah. because I, but back and forth, even getting to that point to get on the plane, should I go? Should I go? Mm. Like, I'm going to leave my daughter. Like, am I coming back? Am I going to die down here in Venice beach? You know, like what's <laughs> going to happen? And, um, and so then I got on the plane and then they get off, they have us get off. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is, this is it. Like I'm not going. And they're like, we forgot to clean the hand things you know because it was such a crazy weird time with the germs yeah so they just got us off the plane cleaned the one thing they forgot to clean and then put us back on the plane so when i get in the air literally because i'm connected to wi-fi working up in the air yeah i got word that newsom put us on lockdown and i was like wow again like just how do i it's unexplainable right and that's why it's just divine it's just like i am supposed to be coming here if it would have been any, you know, if my flight would have been any later. And I believe it have. God presents the strongest warriors with the strongest battles. So to be leaving Seattle, coming to Los Angeles to yeah. open not only a yoga studio, but this place is truly like a center of yes. community. People yes. come here to not even practice yoga just to say hi to you guys because you have such a warmth. And uh, during COVID... I was here in LA yeah. and uh, it was a very interesting time to say the least. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the words I use because they're literally creating our mm-hmm. reality. So I call it interesting because it gave a mm-hmm. lot of us an opportunity to pause mm-hmm. and look at all that was being told to us. And we had a decision to make of our sovereignty of like, we're being told that our health depends upon outside circumstances and and situations and X, Y, and Z. And I just kept looking at that with such a disconnect from what my spirit was telling me. And what we've been like taught as healthy individuals, blessed in a family that like took our our health and wellness very seriously. And for me, it was such a travesty to see gyms, yoga studios, even the beach. You couldn't go outside. LA was on a curfew. I was in a place where I was calling out to God like, what the hell is going on? And I, there was a bit of fear, but then immediately, I don't like to resonate in a place of fear. I felt this like overwhelming sense of like a father's hug of just like, hey, don't worry about the things that are outside of your control. Take control of what you can control and be a light because people need that light. We need inspiration. We thrive off of it. So for you to come into a space that was like spiritual warfare and just talk to me a little bit about what went through your head of we were being told not only that you couldn't open your business, but you had to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And this is a touchy subject for a lot of people, but I think there's been enough time that has passed that those of us who didn't get vaccinated and those of us who stood firm in, I just want to let the dust settle. Let me understand a bit deeper why you're forcing these things upon me. 
And for you to not only choose to uh, be sovereign in your medical choice, but to be sovereign in your business mm -hmm. and to keep it open and to not require people to wear masks. That's how I stumbled across this studio because I was just looking for people that wanted to connect. And heaven forbid, if you're unhealthy, you stay home. Like people that had some common sense. <laughs> but exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I just would love to hear about being a business owner in the city of Los Angeles in 2020. Yeah. What are the kind of the the ways that you stayed true to who you are and what did you see come of that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, first of all, I came down here to moving to LA because I, a, well, I didn't think I was going to be opening the yoga studio because I just wanted to come live in California and Venice because it was a dream of mine. Oh wow! I have two studios in Seattle. That was enough for me, but I came down and I was like, well, LA, Venice Beach is like the mecca of yoga, you know, and I know I'm going to love it. And there was a really famous yoga studio here called Exhale that, um, that closed before I was able to come to it. Mm. But I knew it was kind of like this dynamic, um, creative, spiritual center yeah. um, that was like supposed to be the mecca of it all, right? And they were gone. Mm. But I thought, okay, I'm gonna come to LA and there's probably gonna be a ton of other things. And um, I was wrong. Yeah. yeah, so when I came down here, I was like, what is going on? You know, everything in the yoga community seemed very rigid and corporate mm. and had lost spirit, mm. the spiritual realm, and became more capitalistic and um and the lacking community yeah and so i was just like all right universe god <laughs> i hear you i am going to open a yoga studio i have to i i have to like that is what has been cultivated in me over time is this like listening to the inner wisdom mm. of my intuition to the divine i truly feel like i'm being led and so uh, yeah. And I, Hallelujah. so I had, I had to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, so over a year and a half, I went and I looked around the yoga scene and, um, and I always said I wanted to be the next exhale because I knew I wanted to have that next sacred space that stood for freedom and spirituality and brought the juice back into yes. yoga, the union, community, breath, right? Like, not divisiveness. We were in such a divisive oh time, gosh. right? And that was even, I started, I started getting my studio, starting this studio two years before the pandemic, right? So it wasn't like, people are like, why did you open during the pandemic? I'm like, I didn't plan that, right? I was two years in the making when I was coming down here to actually open up the studio. Right. So yeah, I, it was just, it was just a wild time for me to be like, wow, that, is already necessary. And so I, so I was just like already on that path. I need to build community. I need to bring something that was, that is bringing in connection and freedom. And then here we go. Then all of a sudden I'm end up manifesting the exact space that exhale used to be. So this studio what? is exhale. It's incredible. It, I know that's the thing. I was given little seeds along the way. And because I didn't let fear or lack derail me every little morsel or seed that people planted in me i did it so like people say you should go here you should go here you should go here i went every single place that people told me to go and the last place that i was on my list to go i had actually um 
gone and then I set up a workshop to teach because I, you know, in your brain, I got to get known, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but, you know, your brain says that. But I went and I taught a workshop and a woman there says to me, you need to come to my studio because we have yoga there, but it used to be the, the exhale. Wow. I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like I've never been in that space. I got to go. So I literally went three days later, took a yoga class, came into the space and I was like, wow, this is an amazing space. The yoga was like not the forefront. It was a spinning studio. Mm. So very different energy. It felt right. actually really dead yeah. energy in here. And I was just like, wow, it's such an amazing space, but it's not alive. And so anyway, so I just kind of took that and went on, got on my plane back to Seattle a few days later and stopped off the plane from Seattle, got an email that this, the industry, which was the business at the time was closing. And I was like, oh my goodness. So much into your ball field because you were ready to play. Oh yeah. And I had (laughs) no, no plan to open a 5,600 square foot center. No. Like two blocks from the beach in LA. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come right? on now. <laughs> like, that is like, woo. It's a big leap. It's a big it's leap. It's a big leap. It's a big leap. And, but you leap uh, and the nets yeah, appear. But Shefa means abundance. Gosh, I love it. That means abundance. I looked for a word that meant that because that has been my brand the whole time. Totally. Since 2013, when I opened my second studio, that was, was like, no, I believe in abundance. I'm not going to have the scarcity mindset. So praise God that I Amen. did that. Um, and I had that mindset cause I'm like, okay, here we go. Like I literally manifested this. I yes. literally called it into my life. And just because it's, is what it is. Doesn't mean I, I'm like, I have to do this. Like for I have people to do living this. in fear or people who are easy to feel like their train can derail very easily. What are practices that you have that keep that inner strength? Ephesians six eleven is that we have the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. Timothy. One seven, we mm-hmm. weren't given a spirit of fear. We mm-hmm. were given a spirit of power, love, yeah. and self-control. Mm-hmm. These, these aspects of spirituality, it seems like you embody. Do you have a practice that anytime you feel yourself wavering and stepping into fear, what brings you back to this? Because you have a... Of course I do. <laughs> you have a, a, a beacon of light that I truly believe comes from our spirit. Yeah. And you can see it in someone's eyes. You can see it in their aura. You can see it in the way they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And first time I met you, it was just like... This is a powerhouse of a human being. <laughs> so I just you. love for people to hear like, yeah. you're no different than any of us. Yeah. What, what are some of the things you utilize to practice your spirit? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it, there's a lot of things, but the biggest thing I do is meditation. Mm. And, um, you know, and some people call that prayer, you know, whether you call it prayer or meditation, it's really sitting with yourself. And I do it in two ways. Um, one, I bring in mantra, and so um, I will call in, manifest whatever I'm wanting to cultivate. And the second way um, is, uh, I do you know Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza? He's one of the people that really is a really game changer for me during the process of 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 COVID and and staying out of the f- the fear because. His premise really is, there's a lot to say about, and I don't want Joe to go Dispenza, too... Joe Dispenza, we could have five yeah. podcasts on Joe. 100%. <laughs> Big shout out, Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the premise is, I would lose myself to nothing. Mm. And, and people are sometimes like, what do you mean, nothing? Nothing is everything, right? So nothing is, in, like, it's the space, right? right. So I don't, I, I lost the identity of, of, 
I lost my identities essentially when I when I meditate. I'm not Leah. I'm not Shefa. Right. I'm not Leah, the business owner. I'm not this. I'm not this. I'm. I am. Oof. That's what I just wrote down. Yeah, I Mantras am. Mantras of I am. I am. I'm consciousness. I'm love. I'm space. I, I. It's death of ego. Right. Right. And so for me, it was just like laying all down, uh, laying down all the attachments of what I thought I was supposed to be, or what Shefa was supposed to be, or. All There's the external sources. Yeah, all, the, all noise. the noise of telling you what you should be. Exactly. I say prayer is when you're talking to God. Meditation is when God is talking to you. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love so that. powerful. Yeah. So it was such a game changer for me because when I could go in and just be in that space, it, it, it truly did take me into realms of um, other dimension, really. And, and and I feel completely at bliss, blissful state. Um and, and that's really what would call to me. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like literally after I would meditate and, and be in this space and form, then it would always be, it's always in the morning, but I would wake up after sleep and I would always have just on loudspeaker. This is what you're going to do next. Mm. The answers came and I would not question them. Like Amen. I would just be like, what? Like, I don't want to do that. Like, that makes no sense. <laughs> right. That makes zero sense in the state of the world that we're in right now. Like, that makes zero sense. But I'm, I have to do it. It's like I have to do it because I believe that I'm divinely led. Amen. And I'm not going to lead with fear because that's the mindset, right, of, of rationalizing away the messaging from the divine that you're asking for and being like, ah, I don't like that answer. I don't like that answer, but like, no, sorry. Yeah. No, that's the answer. So you, I had, to, so that is really what kept me going through these, you know, this time of like being in kind of circling back to your original question of like opening the studio and standing for freedom, yeah. you know, and, and being in this time where external sources were telling us how to be healthy, what to do with our bodies, I was saying, no <laughs> way. Thank you very much. No way. I think I know like, what I should be doing with my body. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I had spent over mm. a decade, over a decade, like busting out of conformity. Yeah. I did that whole life. I did like get a good education, get a good job, get the house card, the kid, the dog, and then you're going to be happy. And I'm like, Mm, that didn't work for me. No. Like it didn't work for me. And that was because I was being programmed to, to do something that everybody was supposed to use. That's the, the control mechanisms. And I was like, so I, it took me a decade to be like, no, that's not what I'm here for. I'm right. supposed to be bigger than that. I have a bigger purpose in my life. Right. And so when somebody comes in here and tells me how to run my business, let alone run my business, but then tell me what I got to do with my body and wear a mask and, and have a vaccine. I was like, no way. You have and to stand up at that point or I else had it's to. complete loss of your sovereignty. Uh, exactly. And I had to. And I'm like, and for me, I also call myself a shame hunter. I'm not going to shame people for making the choice that is right for them. Amen. So I was never in that place of like. Told you so. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I stood on that place yeah. of like, do what's right for you. Correct. Aren't we supposed to be living in a free space, a Correct. free country? Aren't we born free? Like, especially where we live in the United States, but like, this is not that. This, if you are conscious, if you are aware, if you are looking up 
out of the eyes of fear, yeah. then you have to see the truth. Right. You have to see like, this is a bunch of bull. Yeah. Like this is control. We're headed into a way where they're trying to get us to be more controlled for whatever agenda is behind the scenes. I don't know what that is, right. but I was saying like, no. I'm starting no. to look at in my spiritual quest. I don't look at it as good and evil. I look at it as truth and mm. not truth. Mm-hmm. So people, and when I think of the word they, so I'm trying to, I, I I'm know. trying what to understand that deeper as well. <laughs> I know, I know. But I Me believe, too. I truly believe that people are doing what they think is best for the good of all of us. Mm. So when I think of, you know, the top percent that runs a lot of our financial mm-hmm. systems and different things of that nature, I have this overwhelming forgiveness and empathy for them because I truly believe that from their perspective, they're trying to solve some of the biggest problems that we face in the world. From our perspective, we would do things much differently, but we don't know truly what it is that is needed. And we can talk about ways that in a, in a society based on love and on unity and on transparency, we could see things shift very quickly. Mm-hmm. The transparency aspect is where I think they, they miss the mark. And what is so beautiful about your story is so many people can relate to it but so many of us have been silenced because of it. Mm-hmm. But the thing that stood out the most is the shame police of not needing to put others down because of I told you so, but actually holding space of like, this is what we've been doing since day one. You're welcome to come and do it with us. If you don't want to, don't come into the studio. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful way of, of embodying that same forgiveness that I think something that's the godly aspect of Jesus is after being brutally humiliated, he's on a cross and he says, forgive them. They know not what they do. Exactly. So it's embodying this spiritual, Mm -hmm. you know, journey of forgiveness Mm -hmm. because the ego wants to say, ha ha, I told you so. This is bullshit. I've been saying it since the beginning to take a step back into your heart space and empathetically love on the people. That is what's, I think, hopefully going to soften the hearts of those who were wrong in the first place and force something upon people that never should have been forced upon people. And we can see the pharmaceutical realm change. We can see our financial systems change because I think there's a spiritual awakening happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I think people are starting to realize after 2020 to now 2023, like, oh, I can make decisions day in and day out that are going to exponentially grow my mind, body, and spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And so for you to be on the front lines doing that, I just want to commend you and take a backtrack real quick to you opened studios in Seattle prior to opening here. Yes. So you've been running running studios for some time. Yeah, 2009. How did yoga find you? (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah, interestingly enough. uh, So previous to being in the yoga realm, I, as I just mentioned, I was very much the conformist, and so I did the good education. So I was a CPA for 15 years. I wow. had the name on the door. You know, I was a tax director. I had the big office. I had the six-figure income. I had the whole thing. And, um, oh, my gosh, I was so miserable. Like, I was so empty. I was good at what I did, but, like, I got to a point where I was like, you know, this can't be it. Like, right. it was so empty. It was just. When did that come to you? You said you did it for 15 years. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I was just in a space where I was starting to transform. I was starting to, I think because I had like done everything that I, 
was supposed to do yeah, to you be had all happy. The accolades. Yeah, that I was just like, ah, this can't be it. Right. So I just started that process of like, I've done everything externally to make myself happy. I need to go within. Mm. I got to start looking inside. So that is when um, I started my. I was, my body started to change because I was taking better care of my health. I started therapy. I was dancing again. Mm. And that is when I found yoga. So I was kind of really like busting free from everything that I had known to find my, my new life. Right. And so I started practicing yoga. My ex-sister-in-law, actually, <laughs> funny enough, um, <laughs> gave me a gift certificate to try hot yoga. Bless and her soul. Bless her soul. <laughs> and I went and on a s- Sunday afternoon at 4.30 thinking nobody does yoga at Sunday at 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> and I went and it was packed. It was packed. And I was just like, what is this? And I went and I practiced yoga and I was just like, okay. And of course, I, pa- I started with Bikram, which was really hot, really rigid, which was really in line with my personality at the yeah. time. Because I operated from a place of control right. and fear because right. I was in the conforming place of lack of doing all the things. I was not in an open heart. I was not in a loving space. So rigid, hard. But guess what? does not matter what yoga you practice if you keep with it it will work <laughs> because it still breaks open your spirit it it's union it is it's and it's yoke. through breath yeah it's through breath and that that two minute shavasana <sighs> at the end that silenced my mind got all the wigglies out all the undulations of your mind out to lay there with yourself and receive changed my life yeah in your fascial system all of your emotions all of the stagnant energy that's stored you're breaking it apart through your breath first. Mm, The asana comes after the pranayama. Yep. So it's really beautiful to, for me, I found, yoga found me in a time when I was working. And again, all of the things that the world told me I should have, good job, good place, I wasn't fulfilled. And something called me into this yoga studio and it was not the physical practice that got me. I mean, I love, I played sports my whole life. That was awesome. But it was, like you said, the shavasana, to be able to just observe the chatter. Yep. And then the spirit starts to flow. And all of a sudden, it was like I was yearning for this, this quenching of my spirit mm-hmm. and knowing myself inside and out. And it reveals so much. But the, the intricacy of the practice blew my mind. Growing up as a Christian, never knew what Buddhism was, Hinduism, mm-hmm. any of the isms outside of what I knew. Mm-hmm. And... Olga Roberts, the teacher who led my teacher training, she was teaching us of Patanjali's Eight Limb Path, and we read the Bhagavad Gita, and all these things that just opened my perspective to see the same tree, all these different branches, kind of boiling down to the same message. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was kind of flabbergasted at first of like, it blows my mind that the church is so built upon fear that it's it's debilitating people, which I think is why COVID, the setup was perfect. You have so many people in this country and in this world that base their entire belief system off of fear yep. rather than off of love. That's it. And so it it was like in 2020 when God when I was calling out to God, like really cursing at God, like, how could you do this? This is not the world I want to live in. God's like this is all happening for you. And if I hadn't been six years deep in my yoga practice mm-hmm. at that time, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be like, 
I can remain sovereign in all of this. I can remain fearless. This podcast is called The Fearless Shepherds because in that moment, God came over me in a way that was like, you are mine. You do not have to worry about anything. So the yoga practice is something that when I was playing sports, I thought it was for cheerleaders and for people who wanted <laughs> to be course. flexy. Right. <laughs> right. And right. I fell in love with so many aspects of it. So it's cool to hear people's perspective of how yoga finds you. And I think in this spiritual awakening, there's so many people that are at least inquiring and it helps us to inquire about our own beliefs. Yeah. And so I still follow Christ, but I can see mm -hmm. every religion or lack thereof mm -hmm. to be absolutely perfect. Yep. And as long as you remain in your lane of moving towards what it is that you're after, what it is that God is telling you to be moving towards or self without afflicting harm, judgment, or resistance to anybody else's flow, to me, that's how you embody your, your spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us go to church and we hear this message and then we leave and that just stays there on Sunday yeah. and there's no embodiment practice. There's no practicing what you're preaching. And so this, this last three years has taught me so much of whether you're in a church or you're on your own or you're somewhere in between, the true leaders are those that lead in servanthood. And so owning a yoga studio, I can only imagine the stuff that goes behind the scenes <laughs> that you don't get any thanks for. Mm. Um, and you've been to our space. We run yeah. a community space here oh, in yeah. Santa Monica. And it's, it's, it's something that God is showing me so much of when Jesus was telling the disciples when they were like, God, who's the best? <laughs> Tell us. And God's like, whichever one of you lead from the back. Mm and embody a servanthood, yeah. yes. that's the one that is getting the grace of God. And so I just wanted to ask you, like, what are the things that have presented themselves to you that you couldn't ever expect or that you maybe aren't the most stoked on in your mind, <laughs> but that when you go to bed at night and you just kind of take a breath and look back at your day, uh, the thing that really keeps you showing up here on a daily basis mm -hmm. and being this beacon of, of mm -hmm. light in the community. I love just what you said because that really has been my whole motivation is, is, is service. Mm. Right. And, you know, and I think that was ultimately one of the, the reasons why I felt so called to come here because I felt that that was lacking, you know, because the, the realm, the paradigm that was shifting into a, you know, yoga studios being owned by, venture capitalists and attorneys that yeah. weren't even practicing yoga. Yeah. And so I was like, Ooh, you know, like, no, like I was a businesswoman. Right. I'm a, I was a CPA for 15 years. I could have very much gone down that road of being a capitalistic, you know, yoga is a good business, right. you know? And, uh, but that was not it for me. Like that was my pathway of purpose mm. to serve. So when I started down this path, I was like, it was never, ever about money for me. Right. And that's a very different mindset. And it's also a, a true reprogramming of the conditioning that we're, we're led to do. Right. And, but for me, it was like, no, the more that I just put myself out into service unconditionally, like you yes. talked about, like, cause there's so many things that I learned through business and small business and all the things that I deal with. This is a people business. How, 
how many you show up all day, all, every day. Di- all day, every day. And I have to deal with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different things from the people oh. on the street to the people in the doors. And this is a yoga community, like people coming in and with you know, all of their stuff. Yeah. With all their stuff. And, and let me tell you, like during COVID, when I made the choice to stay open and be here, people falling in my arms, mm. crying saying that this is the place that's saving their life because of so much fear and isolation. Not everybody liked online yoga, right? Like everybody needed to feel a sense of, of community or whatever normal is. Right. But like to walk in a place where nobody's masked up and nobody's like ridiculing you, but you're like able to be who you are. Like for me, I was like, that's the reward. Like, that's it right there. Like I am here to stand fearless and brave. I have it tattooed on my arm to be brave in my life, to stand up for those that aren't ready to yet, you Mm. know? So I just have to be that. I have to be that. I will never forget the moment that we were, the BLM riots were happening Mm -hmm. in, in LA and I was living here. So I got locked down here. So I was living in Studio A because I was planning on going back to Seattle if I was able to, but like my home wasn't here. I didn't have a place here. I was coming back down to do my, my grand opening and go back home and then start my little jaunt back and forth. So I'm living in Studio A. We have the BLM riots and I'm not, you're on main street. I'm on main street. Just for reference, there were entire blocks of main street just getting looted ransacked exactly it was not good to be on main street so yes so two instances one day it was being looted i me and my three managers that were with me i'm me and three guys standing in the lobby everybody's getting looted around us and we're standing court like no not happening not happening i walked out the guy looks at me he said i am sorry what we're about to do to you and i said no, thank you. Keep going on your merry way. He didn't touch us. Everybody around us got looted and spray painted. And my whole front is glass, right? They could have easily broke windows, but nobody touched us. Yeah. And then a few days later, the National Guard comes in. I go stand in the middle of the street. I'm, I'm not kidding you. This is, will always be imprinted in my heart and my life, and it feels very divine. I sta- stood in the middle of Main Street, it was completely blocked off. I looked to the left. National Guard was a block down. Jeez. I look right. The protesters oh my God. are on the other side. I literally stood in the middle of the street. And I'm like, what is going to happen? I'm like, my space is like the middle of it. It's like love and fear. <laughs> right? Like, What's going on? And yeah. I just stood in the middle of the street. And I just stood there like in my power, in my fearlessness, holding the space. And I'm like... If these protesters go left, we're going to see some bad things go down. Yeah. Or they're going to go, go right. And they went right. Wow. Yeah. I'll never forget that moment. It was such, it it almost makes me want to cry because it was such a moment that told me that love is going to win. Amen. That it's going to win. It doesn't matter if the the national guard is on the left with their freaking guns. Tanks. There tanks. were tanks in the yes. streets. And I'm literally feet from them. And the, the protesters go right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm standing for something. I don't know what is going on. But I just, 
I'm just like, you just, there's so many things. And oh, yeah. of course I'm writing them all down and I'm, I have a book that I'm going to write about all this that happened because Hallelujah. there's just stuff that you can't make it up. No. And for people that think that life is coincidence and there's no purpose to life and all of that, and there's no spirit. I know, like, no, <laughs> like I, w I want people to read this book and say, I can't make this up. Correct. This is stuff that is divine. Yes. This is God. This is something bigger than me. Like I am the vessel. I am not special. No. I'm just open. Yes. And being the shepherd or and you have, whatever you, you want to call faith. it. Right. Because I have faith. All yeah. God asks of us is faith. Yeah. If we step into the space and what you were talking about was so divine, like there's so much imagery. God spoke in parables a lot. And I think mm -hmm, what you exactly. just did. Jesus, I say God, but um, you being in the studio, being present in your studio when the other places that were getting ransacked were probably by themselves, no physical human being there because people were afraid. Yeah, of and they being were locking their doors or being yeah. stolen from yeah. X, Y, Z. Your presence, that person was able to see you as this angelic light that you are, of like you're not going in there. And in that, you softened their spirit to feel love and to be like, just a, a moment of questioning, what am I doing? People get so caught up in their fear that they're just reacting, yes. reacting. People were angry. People were scared. They were reacting. Mm -hmm. Your resiliency and, and faith was able to protect your space. Angels were looking after you 100%. because you were stepping into your angelic form. 100%. And the same thing of being in the middle of that street, stopping <laughs> warfare from happening, is both sides are able to see this angelic light. Like, just this quick step out, you can see everything from a higher perspective. And it's, like you just said, there's nothing different about you, me, or anyone else. But the consistency in our practice mind, body, and spirit is something that is the most important thing, bigger than money, bigger than the car you drive, bigger than anything in our lives, is that that self-study, mm -hmm. the svadhyaya, yes. and the practice of non-harming, and it's easy for a lot of us to not harm others, but to not harm ourselves, mm -hmm. to make choices from a place of self. Our society has taught us so much that it's it's selfish, it's egotistical. When you're talking about money, there's such a beautiful way of creating a relationship with money based upon the way you're creating relationships with the people around you. Your yoga studio has teachers from every walk. There's no real, from what I've experienced, there's no like harsh box that you're nope. confining some teacher to teach in. And that allows for so many people to come in here and find what it is that will suit their practice. And so that's the, the Shefa. The aspect yeah. of abundance. Yes. If you can just chat quickly, however deeply you'd like to get on the relationship with self and how that relationship helps you with your relationship with money and others, yeah. what does that mean to you? I mean, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, really, that is, that's the work. And ultimately, you know, what yoga did was percolate the stuff to the top that needed mm. to be looked at. Yeah. Talk about that self-study, right? So I had to look inside, why am I running my life from a place of control and fear? How am I conditioned mm -hmm. and what am I told what to do? And so there is where I had to, that's when I started going to therapy. I started really unpacking wow. like all the stuff as little Leah, 
yeah. you know, because we all have stuff. We all have stuff. It doesn't matter where we're coming from, but like we were born into, we didn't have a choice of right. the families that we were born into or the countries that we were born into and our parents did the best that they could from what they were taught. Right. That used to really chat me, people saying that they did the best they could with what they had. And I used to bug me so bad because I was like, but it wasn't good for me. Right. And But that's what I have finally accepted is like, they actually did because that's what they were taught, right. but it wasn't good for me. So that is the journey of our life to find our own personal truth because of whatever conditions or traumas or things that were the cycles that were passed down to us that has to be unraveled it has to be untangled to find your own truth if you are not willing to do that you will not lead life a life that's truly feels free right and so i spent that next decade unpacking all of the things that happened to me as a, a young girl i had a very unstable childhood. I come from alcoholic parents, mm. right? So there was a lot there. Yeah. Obviously that byproduct control, right? Control everything so that nobody will leave me, harm me. I've got myself, right. but that is dysfunctional. Yeah. And I was so high level product productive that society actually encouraged it and stroked me for it. But I wasn't doing drugs like my sisters, but I was just as messed up as them. Yeah. I was just doing it in a more societal societal accepting way right you know so that's it like you really got to go in yeah and i was not always like this <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like i had to do my work i had right. to really surrender i had to forgive i had to i had to really find the resource of my own heart and then understand that i've got me yes that i had to find my own freedom i had to find my own truth i had to really step into my to myself, myself before I could really be this servant to others because that's it. People are so distracted yeah. by the fears and the traumas and all the things that they've been through. They can't see the light because people are like, how do you hear your intuition? How do you find your purpose? How do you, how are you, how, why is your energy? Like sometimes people look at me, I'm like, why are people looking at me? I'm it can like, be oh. intimidating for yeah. people who don't, they, 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 they see your aura, your energy, mm -hmm. and rather than envy it, they're jealous of it. Mm -hmm. Envy is a beautiful gift that God gave us to emulate greatness. Right. When we're around greatness, we get envious. That is a beautiful thing because then it transmutes your envy into like courageous, yes. optimistic. Yes faith because you're like i see greatness in them there must be greatness in me inspiration yeah right i just want to be an inspiration yeah but again so many people are so distracted by all that stuff it just you can't see clear no and, and so comparing. you'll never see clear and so until you do your self-work it will never be that and yeah. so that's like my biggest message to people and that's the why i teach yoga the way that i teach because i teach from a a place of inspiration right. of like really go to those places that you're afraid to feel that you, you know, study those, those mindsets that you keep telling yourself that you're not enough, that you can't, that whatever the, the minutia that keeps going on in your mind, because I want people to elevate right. and actually see what they're telling themselves is a lie because right. they've been conditioned to believe something else or because of something that's happened to them in their life that they 
believed the story. Yes. It has to be unpacked. So, and until you do that, you can't have really good relationships. You're not going to be in your own divine entity. You're not going to be in your purpose, right? Everybody wants the magic potion. The magic potion is self-worth, self-love. And you have to do the work internally to get that. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I think he was speaking in a parable of like, I am. 100%. you are leading from that place. I am leading from that place because we're no longer comparing our journey, our traumas, our fears with anyone else's. And sometimes your pain might be lesser than someone other than you. So you're going you're gonna to deflect your pain and say, well, my pain's not as bad as their pain. So mm-hmm. I don't need to do the work. I should feel good that I had this privileged life. Yep. And so this spiritual awakening that we're all going on is this ability to, because there's polarity in our, in our world of comparison with social media and television and this prop of what brings you happiness. And it deflects and distracts you from the work that is needed to find fulfillment in a life of servitude. And when you can really strip through the facade of what we've been told to do and what our social media pages tell us is happiness and the, the aspect of money. Money is such a powerful tool mm-hmm. that can bring so much freedom and happiness, but it clouds so many of our, our paths mm-hmm. of stripping the facade of how much and really looking deeply into how well we are integrating what we have into our servanthood. Mm-hmm. And so the, the aspect of community, that was the question that I wanted to land on is in a yoga studio and in West LA right now, there seems to be this yearning for community really in the world. Oh yeah. There is a, there is a yearning in the human spirit to connect with each other in real life. And I'm, I love technology. I love the fact that we can connect with our friends all over the world on social media. I'm not bashing it. I love that we can shoot a podcast. People can listen from all over the world. But what does the aspect of community mean to you? And for someone who's in a place where it's hard to find community, I always tell people when they come to our space and they come to a dinner, they're like, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. How do you have the energy to hold space daily for strangers? And I just tell them, "What, what else are we here to do? Exactly. There's days where I wake up and I'm like, God, I'm tired. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Yeah. And God says, just show up. Yep. And then all of a sudden I take the next step. I don't worry about how I'm going to get to 6 p.m. I take the next step and then the next step. And then all of a sudden I'm around people, which is around God. And I can take people in, in their brokenness, in their shame, in their whatever, without saying, I need to fix you. I need to coach you. I'm just showing up and holding space. And to me, that is community, is just holding space, whether you feel great or you feel like shit, never too high, never too low. And so much reveals itself in what heaven truly is, which is just this present moment of just like seeing God directly in front of you. How can I serve you? And whenever I'm around you, I see that. So I just wanted to ask you what community means to you. I mean, I couldn't have said it better than myself about (laughs) what community. I mean, it's it really is. I have really been on a quest for a really long time though because I've just witnessed again what's going on in the world as far as Mm. the evolution of us becoming more divisive and obviously this last three years was the epitome of that. We forgive you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So God God willing. Yeah, I was always kind of like, I've I've always just been like, I want face to face. I, we have enough. 
I'm so tired of watching people at dinner tables out and they're everybody's on their phones and they're not it's a disgrace it's, it, it really is I'm just I mean w- walking down the street and people are on their phone and they're they're running into me you know and I'm just like nobody's present anymore everybody's super distracted and they're filling their minds that with, with stuff fear. with fear and stuff that's perpetuating lack of self-worth mm. and scarcity right which is all the underbelly of, of fear right but lack of accountability, lack of connection. So I have just, oh, I mean, even before the pandemic, that I'm like that has, we're, that's my taglines: community, growth, discovery. That is community is number one. So for me, I'm I will always be that person that wants to bring together people face to face. I love it because if we lose that, we it's die. Over. We die. And I'm not talking physically necessarily, maybe, yeah. but our souls, yeah. our souls will die yeah. and we will, we will make true what people in the technological world say that we are not, we don't have spirit. That's and I think that's the from biggest GPT. lie. Our spirit. Yeah. That yeah. will never, that will never be overtaken. And that's what remains steadfast and hopeful in my heart, no mm-hmm. matter how far society or the world is telling us to drift our spirit is always going to be lending its hand the beauty of free will is that the shiny apple is always going to present itself Mm -hmm. but when we can take our eyes off of the shiny apple and look at the e the eden around us it's an easy choice but there's so much glory in spirit and in all of these religions that all stem back to the same thing so i'd love to ask you your spirituality mm-hmm. do you define yourself on anything or do you believe in the universe what yeah. is it that that is your north star yeah so i grew up in a non-denominational christian household that was my fa- father and mother were catholic like went to ca- private catholic schools and stuff mm. like that so I'm very um, familiar with catholicism as well um but from being in a non-denominational because they kind of broke free because they didn't like the dogmatic ways of catholicism and so my parents were really spiritual and my dad is like, I, I definitely know I am from him, right? Because like I just <laughs> feel his spirit That's and beautiful. his spirituality. Um, so, but as I grew in my own path, in my own freedom and, you know, and through um, learning of all the different religions, I was always very curious. And so I studied religion actually. And for me, wow. um, I just... I, I just, the fundamental thing that they all come down to when you strip away the dogma is love, yeah. right? So I actually just met a woman um, who actually found me. She's a very spiritual woman who lives, goes between LA and India, and she um, has been given and been given wisdom that the last person that taught it was Jesus. Wow. So she's actually coming here to teach these five elements. So it's a, a thing. I will have a side conversation about that I later. Look forward to hearing yeah. about that. But she um but she's like, Leah, like, did you know that Jesus lived in India? And did you know like so did Buddha studied there and Shiva was there? There was all kinds the all the religions actually came to the spirit of that mother place that you know a lot of the vortex of spirit, right? So I'm just like when you again when you uh, strip away 
the rules, the dogma, the conditioning, the yeah. fear, the yeah. control, right? It's like fundamentally, what is, what are we doing here? Mm. And, and that's what I will always come back to. Like, it's all love. It's all love. Two most that, important commandments, love God and love your neighbor. The yeah. way you wish to be loved. Exactly. It's all centered around love. Exactly. So if you strip away all the, the facade of those other words yeah. and you melt it down, it's yeah. love. That's... So I, I don't identify myself with one religion. Right. I really, to, to, like, you know, in the words, is it Bob Marley, love is my religion yes. type of thing, right? So it's just... I just, the word religion also just like, I try to steer away from that for too, sure. because it's like that to me, that word is dogmatic. And for so sure. for me, it's spirit, you know, spirit and, you know, love and divinity and energy and it's all there. And I believe in, I definitely believe in Jesus and all the, and all of that too. Like uh, that's not all lost on me as right. well. So, and um, that's, what's so potent is that you can believe that and not need to attach to someone else's belief or even your own self's belief differing slightly that you're then eternally damned in a fire. Pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an all loving God doing that has always made me laugh. So yeah. Hard. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about Bob that. Marley also said that whoever they are, you're right. Aren't taking a break. They're not taking any time off. So neither am I. Right. And so I just want to commend you for the light that you are and for the consistency that you've shown since I've known you. Thank you. And I just, I pray blessings over your health, this space and over your partner, Tagus. Thank you. Um, and this is the, the last thing I wanted to step into of partnership mm, and of big one. masculinity and femininity. And in a time that we're in of where you were talking about personal truth earlier. And then there's an aspect of personal truth that is so powerful and so important. And there's an aspect of personal truth that can start to, to warp this, like, cause this whole podcast and what I'm trying to do in bridging universal truth and religious truth, like spirituality and religion and building this bridge is we live in a time right now where men are demonized for a lot of different reasons mm -hmm. and women are, filling a lot of the roles that men normally would fill. And this can be a long topic. So yes, you don't go, go, go deep into it, however deep you'd like. Yeah. But for you, I'm a big fan of your partner, Tagus. Yes. And to me, he embodies so much of what I embody in what I believe divine masculine to be, mm -hmm. which is strength, servanthood, and then that aspect of devoting yourself to one woman. We live in a world where abundance mm -hmm. in women. We see it in our movies, in our oh, yeah. music, in our culture, that the divorce rate is at where it's at. It's like, it's, it's sad to me to see that the family structure is taking such a hit. And we wonder why there's so many problems in our world. If you can talk a bit about what it means to embody divine feminine, mm -hmm. what toxic femininity means mm -hmm. to you. And then when you were searching for a man throughout your life, as you've evolved in your spiritual quest, what brought you to, to see Tagus mm -hmm. and what aspects of his divine masculine yeah. connected you to? Because I truly believe God brings your partner to you when you For are sure. ready to really be a whole mm -hmm. in the whole. You know, the unity within the fullness of self. So that was a packed 
question. Yeah, but. it is a loaded one, but one that I'm super passionate about. Um, and I'm so um, excited, actually, that we're moving into this realm of divine femininity in, um, at least for me, and what I want to continue to teach and inspire other women, because I was literally the epitome of the over-masculinized woman. I was, I was a corporate woman sitting at the table with all men, trying to be in that control aspect. I, I was married before, and I chose men in my life that I was always above them. Mm. Um, I devalued their, their self-worth by being overbearing and over-controlling, being the breadwinner, doing everything. And that was my trauma. Yeah. That was my stuff. I was living in fear from my trauma. It wasn't because I was naturally trying to do that. I was out of my natural state of of who I truly am because I was masked by all of that stuff that I hadn't dealt with. Wow. So that is what I'm trying to get the message out to women is like deal with yourself and deal with these fears. Look at your conditioning. Look at why you are operating in the world and what you're listening to and what you're taking in and and to be a woman in the world. We have been conditioned and gone through this whole, you know, feminism thing and like, you know, equal rights and all that stuff, but there's a balance. There is a balance in that and one like I would have I probably would have burned the bras, you know, back in the day or whatever. I was on that stage, <laughs> for right? Sure. For sure. You know what and I mean? And a lot of it comes from a place where it needed to happen. Yeah. Which is so beautiful is a lot of the, the empowerment is good. Yes. But it's it's when the pendulum starts to swing. Yeah. <laughs> it got out of balance and then it's and then and then it perpetuated our fears right. and our traumas and right. our lacks and our la- lack of self-worth. So that then now all of a sudden the women are in roles that the men are usually in. Right. And we have, what does that, I mean, I just like, that was one of the things that I had to forgive myself for in the multiple relationships that I had before my partner now that really demasculinized the man. Right. And how are you, of course you're going to have a broken home when you have a man that doesn't think he's worth anything yeah. that cannot sustain his family, cannot protect his wife and his children. Like, you know, so for me, I, I really had to be strip all that stuff away, find my own individuality, right? My own sense of strength and freedom and, and really accept who I am and the powerful self that I am. Cause I'm a very powerful, fiery, brave, strong woman. So to find a man that would also not be afraid of that, mm-hmm. but uh, actually accentuate that and elevate that also took a very um, special person who had also done his work right. that could stand in his self-worth and his masculinity and say, I can hold this. Mm. But the world has cut men down so much that it's really rare to find now. And it's, that breaks my heart. Yeah. It breaks my heart. So the more that I lean in, I teach it so much in class now about finding the feminine energy. Yeah. Like we have to find the balance. And so because I'm a very fiery person, just in my constitution, like I really work on bringing in the softness, the woman, the, the feminine energy 
of compassion and love and flow and less rigidity because then that keeps me aligned right. in harmony so that I'm not over masculinizing my energy. That's like probably what one of the things I have to work on the most is to not go there because right. I have been so conditioned to that. And that's my like default for my armor. It's armor y'all For sure. because if you can lay that down and let your, your, yourself completely surrendered to a man that is going to hold you and be in his masculine divine, there is nothing like it. No. It is the most amazing thing I have ever experienced in my entire life. We can be amazing, powerful, strong, capable, you know, productive women that are doing amazing things and have be supported. A, be supported by a man that not only is going to hold that strength and elevate you, but also can feel with you. Come on now. Drop the mic. Yeah, exactly. And Drop the, the mic. The, the aspect of what you were saying with past relationships of demasculinizing men, mm -hmm. when you hold space that is a balance of your masculine and feminine, you're going to push a man to be the man that you 100%. deserve. Exactly. Any queen out there listening, yes. do not settle for a man that is demonizing you, talking bad upon you, cheating on you. Like any of these things, it's better to be alone than to be with someone who is not ready to absolutely be that unit yes. that creates an unbreakable force like you were talking about. Yeah. And for men as well, I think so many of us come from a place where we didn't have an understanding. Bless my parents, they're still together, but so many of us saw divorce, we saw a lack of, of, of motherly leadership or of fatherly leadership. So the, the world that I see in this spiritual revolution that we're in is so many of us seeing the truth behind our personal truth and our universal truth and finding that bridge of what it really means to have union mm -hmm. between a relationship. And that, you know, in regards to homosexuality and the, and the, the transgender movement, and I won't go too deep into this, but what makes you happy at the end of the day doesn't affect me. Right. The aspect of personal truth, I think, is important for you to find happiness within. But these conversations around what will steer our society back towards a universal truth of North, it's important that we have these discussions. Mm -hmm. And so I love holding space for all types of discussions and I have good discussions with people when they listen to the podcast. So I'm really excited to continue having these types of conversations, especially something that's big on my heart is mentoring young men mm -hmm. and teaching them what it means to be a man mm -hmm. and what it means to be a man, not only for yourself, but you should be becoming and sharpening your steel to be the man that your queen deserves, exactly. that your family deserves, that <clears throat> your community needs. So it's so beautiful to hear how you eloquently just described from a female's perspective what it means for a man to step into his masculinity mm -hmm. by holding space for his, his feminine, his yeah, emotions. Exactly. To not be afraid of yes. sharing those things and being transparent with your partner because in that sense, you're giving them your heart. Yep. You're showing them that you care about them and that you want to ascend with them mm -hmm. rather than being strong and holding those things back, in which case the woman has to then project this strength upon you because they're not seeing it from you exactly it's, it's a very yeah it's a very vicious cycle really right and 
the thing, one of the things that I think is one of the biggest travesties in the conditioning of men is that that space and place that, that boys into men were told not to feel. Right. To don't be vulnerable, to not share your feelings, don't cry. You know, every human emotion is deserving to be felt. We have them for a reason. It's part of our humanity. Yep. And so that the more that we're told don't, that's bad, that's shame, and it's gonna come out in some way. Oh yeah. And it's not gonna be productive. Usually volcanic if you suppress it. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> you know, good. and or you're gonna volcanic, it's gonna come out or you're gonna numb it. Right. And or you're gonna go cheat yep. or you're gonna do something else because the feelings are in there that they have nowhere else to go. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna try to get them out however you can. The most productive way is to actually feel them. Right. And to actually feel them with your partner is again the most amazing thing it's freedom it's such freedom and it's so beautiful because i think honestly as a woman we want a strong man for sure like because we want to feel protected and we want to feel held but there's nothing nothing better than when a man will cry with you mm. And not in a way. It's so scary for us. Totally, <laughs> it's so scary. But then you have our heart. Yeah, exactly. But to and not in a way like to really just surrender the emotion of right. like I am in deep gratitude. Right. I am in. I am like my heart is so open. And then there's it's no not shame. necessarily like I'm crying because right. I got my skin knee. You know, it's not that. <laughs> like come, you know, a woman wants yeah, to come on, buck up now. Yeah. Like not when you have a runny nose. Not about that. And they're not crying for that. Right. But. But when you're emoting from a place of like releasing something that has held you hostage right. or it's so, you know, it's big and you're feeling that there's so much love, there's so much connection, there's so much gratitude, there's so much there, like that is our natural nature is to right. cry. It's not a woman thing. And it builds, it's not a woman thing. It builds a yearning for one another that's so much deeper than sex. 100%. You actually, you're now connected yes. at a soul space. It's our, it's our pleasures and passions that connect us. It's our pain that bonds us. And when you're bonded, your wandering eye doesn't exist. Exactly. I have one person. Yeah. And when you have an unbreakable powerhouse unit, the stuff of the world, it dissolves. Yeah. And you're able to then really dive into why God put you here and there's so much spirit behind everything you just said and so I I am I am impressed whenever I hear because women always say that it's our it's our emotions that show our strength Mm because I came from a family where my dad was like this boisterous loud Mm. tough bite Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. the time in my life and I've shared this in the pod when I saw him vulnerable when I saw him break down it was actually a time that showed me his strength more than I had ever seen when he was Always. screaming, cursing, or hurting anyone. That's it. That's and so it. it was a time for me to break a cycle in my own family and that I, I pray for all of us that we're able to have a connection with spirit, to have the courageousness to step into, if we come from a broken family, we don't need to create another broken family. And if you're not ready to, to get into a relationship, don't get into a relationship just to be in a relationship. Like those chapters in our lives of when you talked about having to just do the self work, like that yeah. is so imperative towards God saying, years. all right, 
you're ready. Here's the person that's going to exactly. help you towards that next ascension that's waiting for you. I think that that's another <sighs> conditioning that we're, that's unfortunate, you know, is to hurry into it. And uh, again, for, for reproductive reasons, for right, sure. too. And also, like, you know, the time ticking. And it's like, you know, babies having babies. And, mm. and they haven't dealt with their stuff yet. Yep. I mean, I, and it's really not about age. So, like, if you, if you have a 22-year-old that, like, very wise and has, like, done their self-work for the most part... Like, that's fine. But right. most of us don't. No. Most of us are looking for somebody to fill the void. I hate that movie from the line, complete me, right? right? Like, no, 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 no. You have to find your wholeness, your completeness, your truth right. first. Right. That is the only way it's going to work. And that is where community and divine leaders, both masculine and feminine within the community that show these examples, help the younger generation to see, because it's very easy when you see what the world is telling you to do and you see spirit in people and people that are practicing what they preach, it's the easiest choice in the world. And I see so much hope in the future of kids that are coming up. Whenever I have conversations with kids or I teach a yoga class where it's all kids, I'm like blown away by their intuition and yes. by how tapped into spirit they are. Mm -hmm. And the renaissance that we're in right now mm -hmm. of, of spiritual awakening is, is powerful. So to, to wrap, I'd just love to hear 2023, we're closing March up. April <laughs> April's on its way. Know, We've had sun in California the last couple of days, which... Thank Hallelujah. God. <laughs> I haven't felt it's been the rainiest winter in the history of California. Yeah. What Wild. does 2023 have in store as we're heading into spring, which to me is truly the new year. A yeah. lot of seeds oh, being yep, planted here sure. at Shefa. Yeah. Um, in your own personal life, what, what, what can people look forward to, yeah. uh, to seeing More you and, and this beautiful studio <laughs> yeah. accomplishing this year and beyond? Yeah. So 2023 is really about you know, cultivating and watering these growing seeds. Mm. All three of my studios are finally in a position where they're really thriving. It's um, beautiful. It's taken a, a minute, you know, to come get back on track. And, um, God's and timing. So, yeah. And so I'm really reinvesting and, and amplifying what is already here um, for, for the studios in, in 2023. So I'm really excited about um, going forward. Like this, this is literally supposed to be my personal renaissance for the next I'm an Aquarius so let's go we are entering into the age of Aquarius um and so, of course we are yes and so yeah I feel um, God is going to bless you tremendously in this season I feel it I feel it <laughs> I feel it so much right now and I feel and and you know what is a wonderful thing is that I believe I deserve it Amen. Yeah. I was literally just about to say, and you're ready to open your hands yeah. and receive it. Yeah, I've 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 climbed big mountains. I've stood I've stood in the face of fear that most people would have turned their back on many many times, and and it, I want to be that example mm. for people. They say, go through it. The lotus comes from the mud, right? That pristine, beautiful mm. flower comes from all of that murky dark hard stuff to then bloom into this beautiful flower I think it, it's one of it our, is one of our biggest spiritual journeys is is worthiness mm -hmm. how can i this broken faulted human deserve mm -hmm. all that god is ready to give me mm -hmm. because 
exactly. That's why we were created, yeah. was to be blessed, to yeah. be abundant, so yeah. that we can then serve tenfold. Exactly. And then it just becomes this, it's not like, you're not a job, you're not, you're not attached to these things. Mm -hmm. You're just literally in this eternal now. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can plan for your five year, your three year, your one year, and then you just come back into what's happening, and every day is a heavenly walk, whether it's an abundantly blessed day or there's a lot of trials you just look yeah. at it from this place of just presence and uh as beautifully said calling in more shefa that's it that's <laughs> it and it's here it's just every day Amen. i'm just like oh my gosh watching all the people walk through the doors and everything that's happening i was just like you know it's it, there's no words for it you know because there was times where i didn't even know if, I would ever see a person Jeez in this Louise. walk through these doors, yeah. you know? The fear that comes forward yeah. and stepping into your calling. Yeah. And the the beauty of humble beginnings and mm -hmm. the beauty of God's timing and not yours. Exactly. Like these trials are really just foraging our our spirit. Mm -hmm. And then like uh, I was talking to Swami Chidananda mm -hmm. 2 weeks ago and he was like all of us are trying to to accelerate our spiritual ascension. That's like trying to run your head through that wall if I'm trying to tell you to get to the other side. <laughs> you have to take the picks, the pick and the axe, yeah. and it's gonna take time. We work our way up to heart, and then we're, we're living in our spiritual path. You gotta ascend from the root, the sacral, and the yep. solar plexus. A lot of work there, but once you get to your heart, there's works that you can pretty quickly get to your truth and to your, to your ability to tap into divine. But the aspect of grace that comes from the third eye to the crown he said is like in the Bhagavad Gita when Arjuna's like, I can do this. I built the arrow. I built, I built my bow. I have the strength to pull the bow back. And then Krishna's like, but can you calm the wind? <laughs> so that aspect of us doing our spiritual journey, yeah. once we've been seen at the crown, when we've really taken the, the work and the steps without expectation or attachment, the wind is calmed and we're connected to source. Samadhi is achieved. And then our human experience, it's this ebb and flow between oneness with divine, oneness with each other. And then the earth presents a new opportunity. Yep. And so blessings to you. I'd love to, f to close in prayer. Yes. And is there uh, a word that comes to mind when you think of the rest of this year? Abundance. I love it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's the theme. <laughs> oh, so God, we just, we pray abundance. We pray Shefa over Leah, over the studio. We're so grateful that she has opened her heart to all the different instructors and the team members and the community and created a safe space that people can come and feel held and be heard and be seen and it's just such an inspiration for myself and other community leaders who are creating spaces around servanthood, around love, around presence, around consistency, around ritual. I pray over all the spaces, not only in this city, but in this world. I pray over every single soul, whether they're listening or whether they're, they're yearning to listen or whether they're on their path. I know that you have in store the most glorious revelation that we have ever seen in human history. And I am just so grateful to be on the front lines with people like this beautiful queen here. And I pray that we consistently have health, transparency, and vision towards the next step 
and that we're able to lean into one another in community, that we're able to celebrate and rejoice in your love and your abundance, and that we're able to open our hands and receive it. And this has been another episode of the Fearless Shepherds podcast, number 19. God, we love you. Love you. Thank you, Thank you so for taking much the time. for being here. It was so great. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. It's amazing how quickly conversation goes when you're speaking about life and God. A lot of these questions that can spark fear, spark judgment. That's what this podcast is all about. And really, that's what life is all about, is to, to step into faith with a yearning for knowledge. So if you want to learn more, if you want to donate to the cause, my name is Kyle Cassidy. I am the founder of The Fearless Shepherds, and I cannot do this alone. So I would love to hear from you more. You can follow our movement on Instagram or TikTok at Fearless Shepherds. My personal account, Kyle Cassidy Fitness on Instagram, or shoot me an email, spiritmovement3 at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.